Hello and welcome to Starting Your Teaching Career. I'm C. Northington Purdy and today we're going to talk about EdTPA. We're going to do an overview of what it is, why it exists, and what you'll have to do in order to pass it. Are you ready? Let's begin. EdTPA is an assessment that is taken by teachers during the student teaching experience. It is separate from the Praxis exam and any other assessments that are required by state or by a university. It is a separate assessment. It is new and different. And one of the things that uh, sets it apart is that it is very performance-based. Candidates have to submit a portfolio at certain times during the student teaching process, and they also have to upload and submit video of themselves teaching during the student teaching experience. The portfolio will serve as a guide through that video, and various uh, reflective benchmarks need to be met in order for uh, the student teacher to pass the EdTPA. EdTPA uh, is not free, and um, depending on what state you're in, you'll have to pay something. Add that to your budget for certification, because you're going to have to pay for certification, you'll pay for the praxis, and you'll pay for EdTPA, depending on your state. It should be noted, though, that uh, at, at the current recording of this podcast, only 35 states... Uh, 35 of the 50 states require EdTPA. If you are currently student teaching or preparing to student teach, you might want to see if your state is required to take the EdTPA. You can do that by going to www.edtpa.com, edtpa.com. As with every new assessment, there has been quite a lot of discussion about the need for something like this when there are so many other requirements for certification for teachers. Um, And so EdTPA on its website put out a list of myths and facts to back up the uh, efficacy of this test. I now I am not an advocate at all of uh, tests that are standardized or or have a unified rubric for everybody, one size fits all. I've never been in favor of that. As I've said in previous podcast segments, I've never been very good at standardized tests anyway. But this is a little different, and um, so I'm going to just be as objective as possible and just lay it out for you. Okay, so these are the top four myths. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll cover four of them. And if you're interested, you can go to the website yourself and look at the others. Myth. The use of the ETPA is setting students up to fail. And they're saying that that is not true because some people like me, like C. Northington Purdy, are not very good at standardized tests, multiple choice kind of structures. And this is not that. This is a portfolio analysis it is uh, requiring um, prospective teachers to write lesson plans, 
to plan the instruction, to videotape three to five consecutive lessons. I'm reading now from the website and to assess and analyze student achievement based on the lesson plans written. So you're not doing any of that when you take the praxis. Um, now, of course, student teaching requires all that anyway, and, you, and student teaching has a supervisor that, that records everything and visits several times. So the popular argument against that is this invalidates the supervising uh, teacher or professor who's evaluating the student teacher. Aren't we doing that anyway, the question is. Both valid. Next myth, it says, EdTPA cannot be compared to the bar exam or any type of professional licensing exam because lawyers and other professionals who must pass such exams are not subject to these kinds of tests. Um, I, I, I thought that this is, this is kind of um, irrelevant as far as I'm concerned because it's not a bar exam. It, uh, the EdTPA is not a bar exam. It's not a sit-down, um, one-shot deal. It is going to take the semester to satisfy the uh, contents of the portfolio. It it's really has no, it bears no resemblance to the requirement that lawyers or PhD candidates who have to take a comprehensive exam, it's just not the same thing. So I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to agree with that myth. It's not like that. It's something totally different. Different animal. Here's another. EdTPA may not be necessary in light of other access, uh, assessments that candidates must take, which brings me back to my previous point that um, before a teacher goes for student teaching, there usually is a practicum experience. Um, I, I, at some universities, even before that, there's an observation experience in which there's uh, a prescribed amount of observations in the classroom that have to take place before the student is allowed to go in and actually practice teach once or twice a week. So they, they, they begin obso- observation and then they have their practicum in which they teach twice, maybe three times a week and then the student teaching. So the argument against that uh, against that is they do get a lot of classroom experience. By the time they student teach, they really should be in a position where they know what they're doing. Adding the TPA is adding another requirement that might not be necessary, uh, even though even though um, this is a, it, it has a unified set of standards, a unified set of benchmarks that uh, are being uh, graded, it's still an extra thing, an extra requirement, an extra cost, and it might be prohibitive to people seeking certification or seeking teacher education for that matter, which uh, I find interesting. So. Is it not necessary in light of other assessments? You can decide on that. That's the, that's, they present that as a myth. But as speaking as someone who works within teacher education, it has added, um, it has added an interesting twist to the experience for candidates going into the field of teaching. What are they looking for? How do you pass? Well, you can pass the EdTPA 
by demonstrating a clear understanding of formal and informal assessments throughout your lesson. Uh, The students that you're trying to teach need to show you that they understand what is required of them both formally and informally. They need to be able to demonstrate the skills that you were teaching during the lesson. Um, They need to exemplify the student learning outcomes that are in your lesson plan. All right. Um, Every state has different requirements, scores. So what you need to do is find out what the pass score is in your state and adhere to that. That's what they're looking for. I will now provide some pros and cons of the EdTPA. Lots of people have an opinion about it. It is difficult for some people to remain objective when responding to this assessment because most teachers who are currently in the field of teaching have never had to take this assessment, have never had to be subject to it. I've gone to a website. Um, I can give you the uh, the URL number edassessment.uncc.edu. And um, if they lay out a really nice set of pros and cons better than I could have. So I'm going to share them with you now. One of the pros that they cite in this website is that um, it is student-centered. TPA is student-centered versus teacher-centered. For example, it focuses on the person who is learning to teach as opposed to the supervising uh, instructor or the cooperating teacher or the professor. It's student-centered. It, it focuses on how well the student teaches. Uh, another pro is that it is reliable and valid, which means that there is statistical evidence proving that students who do well on the EdTPA turn out to be better teachers than those who did not. Um, and that it's rigorous. Uh, it, it uh, The impact on student learning. It, it, it's rigorous in that not only is the candidate required to, to film themselves, but also to evaluate the film with several criteria. So it, it requires reflectiveness. The cons. EdTPA takes a lot of time. It, it's, it's very time consuming. The rubrics are very detailed and it, to use their wording, some rubrics may not convey what we teach. So the rubric may require an outcome that is not really emphasized in a specific locale. I'm just randomly selecting. There's a lot of pros and there are a lot of cons. That's why I gave you the website. Um, here's, an, here's an interesting one. The faculty are not as deeply engaged in how EdTPA is assessed. It is. It really leaves the process and outcome up to the prospective teacher. So the, the, the student has to download the software. The student has to record him, themselves. The student, it, it's really, it's very, very prospective teacher centered. 
So during your student teaching, this is something for which you are, if you are the student teacher, completely responsible. And the faculty doesn't bear as much of the burden as they do in other areas of uh, uh, teacher education. A lot to think about at TPA is relatively new, but in my travels, I'm hearing about it from everywhere uh, in the United States and outside of the United States. It is not something that's going away. There are people who feel that standardizing what a person does in the classroom robs the uh, teacher of creativity and the ability to synthesize and create because all classroom situations are different. On the other hand, we are one of the few countries in the world that does not have a standardized um, set of priorities and that this might be the answer to that. Who's right? Maybe we both are, but this is the overview of EdTPA. If you are in a state that requires EdTPA, I strongly urge that you go to the website that I've given you earlier in the uh, segment and learn all you can, read all you can. It's required and it's gonna be around for a while, I'm afraid. Vigilance. glad you listened to this episode of uh, our overview of EdTPA. The purpose of it was to open the door to EdTPA for you so you can get an idea of what it is and why it is. There are uh, lots of lots of references and resources available online that you can go to and find out more. Each state has different pass scores. Each state has different requirements. So it is best for whatever state you're in, find out if it's required and what is required. There will be more episodes dealing with the requirements of teaching going forward into the 21st century. Stay tuned.